Hey guys, welcome to Carol's Coffee House, a place where Catholic singles in their 20s and 30s can grow in community and deepen their spiritual life. I'm Maura. I'm Sarah. Grab your favorite cup of coffee. Or tea. And let's get started. Well, everybody, welcome back. I'm so happy to be in the same room as Sarah again. Hey! <laughs> and we have Nicholas, or Nickster Wickster, as our special guest. Hello, everyone. How are you? <laughs> it's so funny calling you Nicholas, because that's what I say. Like, I'll send, if I haven't talked to Nick in a bit, I'll just send him a one-word text of Nicholas. It's true. To get his it's, attention. <laughs> it's true. It's funny because most people call me Nick, as I'm sure you guys know. Mm-hmm. But my mom has told me that she never loved the nickname Nick. And so she almost considered not calling me Nicholas because she knew everyone was just going to call me Nick, sure. which is obviously, yeah, which is the case. But my mom, she says Nick sometimes, but she does call me Nicholas too, among other things. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but does uh, she does she call you nicholas when you're in trouble yeah oh yeah yeah for sure when i was younger yeah absolutely (laughs) my mom when we were little you knew you're in trouble when sometimes she skipped your first name and went right to your middle name and that's when you knew you messed up (laughs) so you would think that joe when if he's in trouble with me that i would call him joseph but it's actually when i'm being a little bit like slightly more affectionate that i'll call him joseph it's it's more it's more romantic i get that (laughs) 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 and that's like so funny because one time we were at his parents house and i said joseph can you get my coat and then after that his dad called him joseph his brother's like joseph bye like bye joseph joseph give me a hug (laughs) That's funny. Adorable. Uh, Nick's, I mean, Nick's was... in my phone as Nickster Twitter. I have a lot of people in my phone with the last yeah, name Twitter. Nick is in my phone as his first and last name. And I think that originally his last name was from Twitter until he told me his last name. I definitely have put plenty of people in my phone as like people from Twitter or people from like wherever. <laughs> I, I I don't know like if or even like if I meet somebody like in person they're like oh yeah here's my name is like Joe and here's my number Joe from church <laughs> or Joe <laughs> from whatever oh, but then it makes so it tough funny. to find them after especially when your phone alphabetizes by last name oh. um, yeah uh, what have you guys been up to lately Joe and I now have a photographer and videographer for the wedding. Ooh, that's exciting. Then you. Next, we're working on the DJ and my dress. Well, I'm going to work on my dress and then he's going to go sort at limo. And then we're going to take a break from planning for a couple months because we don't need to do anything. That's awesome. On the ball. <laughs> that's awesome. Nick, you look like your brain is thinking about just trying to think of well because i know the question is going to inevitably come my way of like what i've been doing lately and i have to go man what have i been doing lately All what have i done with my life <laughs> yeah well yeah well, I, yeah i was going to mention that next week i'm going to be going to three shows in five days um, oh wow yeah i have so i have tickets to see paul mccartney at fenway which i'm like so excited about because that's like a once in a lifetime thing my friend was able to get tickets 
they cost a lot, but like, I mean, I'll never see Paul McCartney again. And he's already like 81 or 82 or something. So, and, and then also that weekend, I bought tickets for my sister's birthday to go to a pop punk festival on the Saturday. Yeah. That's totally next jam. Pop punk. Totally my thing for sure. (laughs) But I did, I mean, I did go to college when this stuff was at its like peak. (laughs) So I've been to at least a few of those shows over the years. And then the other night, one of my friends texted me and said, Hey, my husband, who I'm also friends with family surprised us with Ringo star tickets for this upcoming week but I can't go. Do you want to go? So I was like, yes, I definitely do. So within the span of five days, I'm going to go to two shows that are former Beatles, the only two living former Beatles, which is awesome. That is super cool. And then pop punk festival in the middle. So if, if I can't hear anything by next week, (laughs) you guys, we know know why. why. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. I haven't been to a live show in a long, long time. This this year, like all of a sudden, all the bands that like had shows canceled during the pandemic or so and stuff are just like coming out. So yeah. actually this weekend in Boston is the Boston Calling Festival, which was supposed to be a couple of years, like 2020. I know a friend that had tickets. It's okay. like an all weekend festival, but like the headliners that were the headliners two years ago have dropped out and stuff for a bunch of different reasons. And now like the lineup is almost completely different. Like, so that, and then just like a ton of artists that just had to like sit on their butts during the pandemic and were like dying to get out are all coming out this year. Yeah. COVID man. I don't think I've ever had a, I don't think I've ever had COVID that I know of anyway. And my nanny family had it. They all, they all had it. I never tested positive. I was thinking about that the other day. Like the worst part about, well, not the worst part, obviously, but one thing that stunk about earlier COVID is that if you were like in a room with someone that had COVID, it was like, oh crap. Like, what do I have to do now? You know, like, I don't think I have COVID. Like I don't have any symptoms of it, but I was just Mm -hmm. next to a person and I don't want to like spread it around to other people. So I guess I'll stay home and just like trying to decide if you needed to cancel plans Mm -hmm. or you needed to, you know, what you had to do at least now that the home kits are readily available. Hopefully like if I do get into a situation now where I'm close to somebody, I can determine relatively quickly whether I need to quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. Should we get into our espresso shot? Yes, we can. Our espresso shot today comes from the patron of this very podcast you are listening to, St. Pope John Paul II. And he says... We are all one family in the world. Building a community that empowers everyone to attain their full potential through each of us respecting each other's dignity, rights, and responsibilities makes the world a better place to live. It's true. He's awesome. So as uh, Maura and Sarah know, I recently was doing some research into Vatican II for a presentation that I did. And I read the document Gaudium et Spes, which was like one of the major Vatican II constitutions. Mm -hmm. And Pope John Paul II was one of like the primary authors of it. 
And the whole document is like focused around that idea that like we all are one big community. And if if I had my book, I'd like totally like read it. There's like a passage of it specifically that talks about how basically that Christ needs to be the center of our lives. So basically the main theme of the document is that in order to understand how to create a better world, we need to understand who we are as human beings created in the image and likeness of God. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. we need to direct everything we do from that perspective. So like everything in the world, whether it be like technology or whether it be things that we build or whether it be, you know, when we're deciding how to make policies and stuff like that, it should all be focused towards the good of humanity. And Christ should basically be the center of like all of our thoughts and decisions around that. I feel like I really butchered that, but (laughs) it's a really awesome document. And Pope John Paul II said that he sort of made that theme like the center of his papacy. So yeah Yeah, that's that's so cool yeah i think that he was a great example of treating everyone like family like he just befriended people and i mean he really lived out respecting others people and like treating them with respect and dignity and i mean joe and i just finished reading love and responsibility which is a lot of that but it's also addressing like hey, you're not just looking at everybody around you like a sexual object, like they are a human, they're a person and you respect them just like you would your spouse or whoever you're with, like you, they have inherent dignity and should be treated with such. But Is love and responsibility part of his like theology of the body lectures or is it? I don't think, um, I think it's just a small book, isn't it? It's, a, it's, it's kind of a quick read. Maybe. Uh, well, okay. It's little. Okay, it's, but little. <laughs> the first couple chapters are really make or break it like you're either going to make it to the book or you're not <laughs> interesting Sarah, i think you could definitely do it too but yeah it's definitely one that it's a very dense it's definitely um it's not an undergrad read yeah which it's is a- good because like i feel like the Catholic understanding of what love is, isn't just like a simple idea, you know? Right. And it's there fun- is a lot of theology that I tied into it. Like if you've read Theology of the Body beforehand, there's a lot of things incorporated because, I mean, he wrote both of them. So he's he's not going to just like, oh no, I'm not going to have like mentioned things that have to do with Theology of the Body because this is a different book. No, he's the author. So Love and Responsibility, T.O.B. is love and responsibility so there was a lot of overlap so that Mm -hmm. made it easier but you're gonna need a dictionary (laughs) sure sure (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's funny because so this might be a bit of a non sequitur but it reminded me of it this morning I woke up and checked my twitter notifications as I (laughs) do and uh I I don't know I was commenting on uh a mutual's thread about some pro-life stuff mm-hmm. I, I forget what it was specifically about but um someone had oh. come in and had challenged I, like was challenging me why saying, would you call an embryo saying it's a human right right but like her kind of other point which is like this very ridiculous notion that i feel like is peddled a lot about pro pro-lifers 
to kind of dismiss us is like they they try to it, like the handmaid's tale argument right like where they mm-hmm. try to say that pro-lifers just think of women as like baby makers you know what i mean like they're just they're just kind of like these objects that should be used to like procreate and like like what i kind of responded to the tweet was like you know i think that i hear that a lot like people say that a lot about pro-lifers and it's it's such a ridiculous straw man argument because if you look at what especially catholics i mean i can only speak from a catholic perspective i know like the pro-life community is much grander than that but like from a catholic perspective right like we believe that sex is like such an intimate thing that like basically before a man can even touch a woman he has to commit his entire life to her Mm. and that's like to me like the complete opposite of viewing a woman as just like a sex object or even just like as a baby maker right Mm -hmm. like it's like no like the marital act and the procreation of children is such like a part of like a grander whole right of like relationships and responsibility and all of this other stuff that like before the act of baby making is to even take place like this larger thing that we call marriage and Mm -hmm. commitment needs to take place right my brain's kind of all over the place this morning so sorry if that wasn't like the most (laughs) explanation (laughs) but like I guess what I'm saying is like the catholic understanding of love and responsibility and commitment and all of this stuff is so intertwined that to like extract from that, that what Catholics really want is a world where men just like force women to have countless children against their will is like, it's not only a mischaracterization, it's like the complete opposite end of the spectrum from what the Catholic ideal is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to kind of go a little bit sideways, so love and responsibility is also like what the inherent dignity that people have. It's also like, I was just thinking about this, how my, like my family, our love and responsibility to my grandma while she was like declining and how like much we like, we were responsible, like, okay, well, we're going to step up and we're going to be there and take care of her while she's declining and dies so that she can like have die with the most dignity, but also when it's God's timing for that. And so she had a natural death and we were there like people were there around the clock and just because of our love for her and it's like okay we were responsible we're like okay we are taking responsibility for what's going on she can't take care of herself anymore and we are and that's a non-romantic love but it is this very large family love where it's like okay like she raised us like she raised my dad and his siblings like she helped with raising all of us we are there for her (laughs) yeah and i think that's what blows my mind is that you know people are always accusing us catholics as oh we don't care like we don't care about people we really just want we want to like push our morality down their Mm -hmm. throats and just let it move on but really like if you listen to the arguments that we're making it's not that we don't care it's that we care so much right (laughs) about like preserving human life at every state right so we're saying that like you can't just take easy answers out of respecting human life, you know, whether it's, it's 
through pregnancy, right? Like we understand mm-hmm. all the difficulty that comes with that, but we mm-hmm. care about you and the life inside you so yeah. that we think all of society should be ordered around making sure that that life is the number one thing we all care about. And the same thing with death, right? People go, oh, you don't care about people who are suffering, right? Because you guys, you guys don't support euthanasia. And it's like, no, we care so much that we think our whole society should be organized into ensuring that people are able to live their lives with the utmost dignity, even through their suffering and even through their pain, that their pain, they're not just a burden on society, right? Like we can't ever view people that way. Our whole society needs to be pointed towards preserving that human dignity all the way up into the point where God naturally takes them, you know? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And and that's exactly what this quote is saying is attaining their full potential through respecting each other's dignity, rights, and responsibilities. Like Mm -hmm. that's where the core is. And like, I really love that part where it's like attaining your full potential, not just like the bits and pieces. Like we, we keep each other accountable like there's like an accountability there, right? To to reach your full potential. I care so much about you. Like I want to see all of my friends in heaven. But people do like we you have so much dignity. You have rights and we do have responsibilities and we have to it's like really cool when you can meet those people who help uphold those things and also challenge you to be at your full potential, to be like the yeah. best version of yourself. Cause I want to see y'all in heaven. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the thing, right? Like society's idea of what like a good human life is like what, what it means to have a good life. It's such a crappier version. Yeah. It's, it's just like such a crappier version of what us as Catholics see as like what a good life is. Right. Cause society will just say like, as long as people are happy and like doing what they want and like generally well off, like in terms of their health and stuff, that's a good life. And like, I feel like the church is like, no, like our lives are so much more than that. And yeah. you have to look beyond those, those little things about day-to-day happiness and stuff in order to understand like what living a good life really looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, exactly. And, you know, like a lot of people might say, you know, oh, you Catholics, you say no to all the fun stuff. No to this. No to that. No, no. Like you don't get, you guys don't get to have any fun. And I was like, okay, yes. <laughs> living, living as, as society says like, oh, you should do whatever you want. Do whatever makes you happy. You know, what's not going to make me happy going to hell. <laughs> That's true too. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and also, but like, it, not even just about like, you know, where we end up after, but just like, we're built by God to mm. operate a certain way. Right. Mm. And true happiness comes when we're closest in line with what God intends us to to be in our lives. Right. Right. So like, it actually, it's not just about like, what's that? There's like an ancient heresy that like talks about this. Like life isn't just about like depraving yourself for God because God like told us to do that. Right. Right. Life is about living in closest accordance with God, which gives us the most fulfillment both here on earth and Mm -hmm. afterward as well. Right. 
And it's not like, you know, the rules that you have to follow. Like, they're not just there because, like, our God is a controlling God. Like, he wants good for us. He wants Mm -hmm. a beautiful life for us to have and recognize our full, like, our dignity as humans. And there are things that you have to say no to in order to lift yourself up to what he wants for us. Yeah. Beautifully said. (laughs) (laughs) it's the coffee probably (laughs) are there any other thoughts on this quote before we kind of get into our topic i think that this quote was perfect segue into this topic i think so too yeah so today we're talking about the importance of platonic friendships with the opposite sex Mm. because and i know that some people think that men and women can't be friends they can't be just friends and well, I guess I I'll be leaving now, ladies. <laughs> yeah. And I am always very, that's actually how Nick and I became friends on Twitter was because we got into a discussion about how annoyed we are when people are like, oh yeah, men and women can't be friends. We're like, yes, we can. Mm. Well, one of my very best friends is a guy and one of my former nanny families, the dad, when um, he, Brian would, would come through all the time my nanny dad asked he's like so what's the deal with this guy like are you gonna are you dating each other like you seem really close and I was like well yeah but he's engaged to somebody else like we're just like really really good friends and he goes see I don't know he brought up the fact that he didn't think like men and women can be very very close friends without romantic interest on at least one side and I did admit to him I did say well okay when I did first meet him before we were ever very good friends. Yes, I was crushing on him because he's just like this really, he just has like this like bright personality. He's so positive. He's so fun. He's a good Holy Catholic man like that. Like there were a lot of parts of him that was very attractive over time. Like, and like he treated everybody the same. And over time, like as we became good friends, I was like, oh, I just really like these things about you. I'm not necessarily like now I understand a little bit more. Like, well, I think that's half true. Mm -hmm. Just because my brother, when he met Joe, like we were on double date and it's like, well, Joe and I had been best friends before we began dating. And my brother's like, I don't get it. How, like, that doesn't work. Like, how does that work? Like, why would you want to be best friends with a woman if you don't want to date her? Like, I just don't understand how this works. And I'm like, well, we weren't like hanging out constantly. And, but then he's like, I just don't understand how this works. I'm like, well, I guess it didn't because we're dating. <laughs> but there are things that like, that's just a very different thing than I think people misunderstand the different kinds of chemistry that there are because I was into Joe and I was calling up Nick and be like hey Joe just did this thing what do you think this means and this was like right before Joe asked me out and so it was like I someone that I do like reach out to people like I check in on Nick I check on Kyle I check in on different friends and like we share about each other's lives we also kind of like hey this thing just happened and this guy I'm kind of into or this girl that I'm into what do you think of this like so you do need them around to touch base with and see hey how do I move forward well I think in the case of you and Joe too like clearly you guys were called to more than just a friendship right like Mm -hmm. that's that I think is the 
that's an example of a man and a woman not being platonic friends. You know what I mean? Which is like, obviously we need those types of relationships in our lives too. Right. <laughs> and so my soapbox about this, right, yeah. is always that, <laughs> and I was thinking about this. I, I, I was like, I had to kind of rework this through my head, but my soapbox about it is always, I can only have <laughs> zero to one girlfriends and or wives, right? Either I have a girlfriend or I don't or I have a wife, or I don't. <laughs> but in the meantime, 50% of the human population is female, right? Yeah. So it's like almost guaranteed that I'm going to come across women in my life in the course of different things that I care immensely about for one reason or another. I mean, yeah. just good people, people that I feel like I really click with, people mm-hmm. that I meet through school, through work, through whatever else. The females and, that, you know, send you like, that tease you about different women that they see you interact with, like, no hey, one would ever that, right? <laughs> but, but like, because you like, don't want to date those girls. I mean, maybe you do, but it's like, hey, we're not just here as like romantic potential. It's like, hey, like, there's, you need a variety. I think that's my base problem, right? Like my base problem is the idea that I can only ever view 50% of the human population as romantic potential. Because if I, if I meet women in my life who I have a strong bond with, and I don't feel called to pursue them in in a relationship for one reason or another, right? Like it could be different things, right? Like attraction, you know, maybe we're not on the same page in terms of values and things like that. Yeah, like, maybe you're not compatible. Maybe we're not like romantic compatibility isn't really something to consider in this type of relationship. To me, like in a world where men and women can't be friends, it's like either I'm romantically want to pursue somebody or it's like I can't even talk to this person at all. And like those are the only two options. And that seems like I don't know. I don't think that makes sense as a way of living life. Like, I don't think Mm -hmm. that makes sense even from a Christian perspective, right? Like Christ had many very close women in his group that. Yeah. And then there's like St. Francis and St. Clair. Right. I think they were very good friends. And I I just, I think like the bottom line of it, I think I, I kind of already mentioned this, but I can't understand the cultural mindset of viewing all people of the opposite sex as just romantic potential or not bothering with them at all because to me that's that's what we were talking about earlier a little bit about reducing people to sex objects or baby makers right like Mm -hmm. it's like if i can't myself having a child with you in the future then our relationship has yeah. absolutely no meaning and value Forget it. which yeah. just seems like a ridiculous binary to live on you know <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah literally like i mean i have a lot of like really really great friends who are priests and you know so recently i went up to wisconsin for ordinations we've had him as a guest on our podcast before uh, father, now father, Kevin, I got to be there for, yeah, I got to be there for his ordination and we have such a good friendship. We're, we're in a Catholic book club together, but I love like our friendship and 
being able to talk with him about deeper things. Like he has a lot of wisdom. He can really, really challenge me in my spirituality. And I really, really appreciate that kind of friendship with him. Yeah. And, and kind of like, I think you were getting at, sometimes it's nice to have the perspective of the opposite sex in your life, right? 100%. Without like strings attached or expectations involved or, yeah. and things like that. Being able to even, I mean, I'm not just saying you should definitely not have relationships with people who you only ever go to, to talk about your romantic problems. Yeah. That being said, it is nice to get the perspective of the opposite sex when it comes to things like that, right? Because yep. men and women's brains, like we're they're wired differently. I don't yeah. care what anybody says. And <laughs> and to just be able to talk to somebody who is possibly more aligned with the person you may be pursuing at that time to kind of hear out what they might be thinking, how you might have yeah. misinterpreted things, like man, like that has come in so much value in my own life. You know, I, oh, I can't yeah. imagine not having had that in certain situations. Yeah. Like, am yeah. I overthinking this thing? Am I doing too much here? Is there something that's lacking? Like, am I, you know, like someone just to be able to go to and be like, hey, is this normal? <laughs> yeah, that's, there's something very valuable about being able to have a person that you can go to like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just, okay. So I guess, I don't know if this is a good example or not, but Joe and I, we spent a lot of time platonic, like where we were just like not into each other, but like we had so many things that we just like talked to each other about just like, cause we, I mean, obviously we're getting married, so we have a lot of the same interests, but you know, that person that you, Hey, I'm going on a date. Oh, Hey, let me know how it goes. Like, Hey, here's this really funny meme that I think you'll enjoy. Oh, Hey, here's this thing. And so. I mean, I treat men and my male and female friends the same. I just like, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? How's everything been? Hey, here's this thing that you might find funny. Mm -hmm. And I think, so one of the things I was trying to look up the specific terms for them before I came on the show. So (laughs) I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert in this. But yeah, so I was going to get into like the the different types of love according to the ancient Greeks, right? Like, especially it seems like, Aristotle talked about them mostly Mm -hmm. where there's romantic love would be eros eros Mm. right which is like obviously a valuable thing that to have in your life right like Mm -hmm. obviously it's super important but the ancient Greeks viewed filial love as the greatest form of love right and filial love loosely translates to like brotherly love people that you have in your life that you share a connection with that you deeply care Mm -hmm. for that you have you know you have that interaction with and they considered that to be like the supreme form of love right and I can almost understand that because it's totally detached it's purely a relationship for the relationship's sake right like Mm -hmm. there's there's no other benefits you get out of it basically it's not about procreation it's Mm -hmm. not about sex like all of that is removed and you just you have this relationship with somebody just purely because of the relationship yeah and to me like it's like almost like I'm not to even close to knock arrows but philia seems like almost so noble compared to what you know, it feels like like the most noble yeah. form of love because it's all about giving of yourself to somebody else and forming this kind of mutual relationship. 
And then yeah. outside of that, there's also agape love too, which is like yes. what we consider Christian love, mm-hmm. which better translates to charity. The mm-hmm. idea that agape yeah. love is like the love we owe to everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Period. So kind of wanting what's best for somebody as yeah. St. Thomas Aquinas puts it, right? Mm-hmm. Just willing the good of the other, yeah. no matter what, even as tenuous as like your relationship might be with them. Like, even if you don't even know the person, you can still have agape love Mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. It's unconditional. It's unconditional. Right. Right. Yeah. Which is hard, which is hard sometimes, So (laughs) but it is like, yeah, it is the perfect form of love. It's just like that pure, unconditional, constant love. Yeah. Um, And I guess my, well, like where I was kind of going with that is just, I think filial love could apps like I don't see any reason why filial love cannot be extended to the opposite sex as well. You know, yes. I can have eros love for the opposite sex and I can also have filial love for the opposite sex. Like I yeah. don't see why I, I don't see why that wouldn't be the possible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And Nick, something that you said early on in our friendship is what am I supposed to do with women that I don't want to date, but they're just really fun to talk to and hang out with? And we yeah. have the same taste in music or something. Like, what if we have the same taste? But guess what? I can't can't speak to them because I don't want to date them. Right. And that's the thing. It's like there's a million different reasons why a romantic relationship wouldn't necessarily be on the table for you two, mm-hmm. right? I, I guess, like, I just, like, hate the idea that it I, – I don't know. Like, people – Sarah, you had mentioned that um, your the nanny dad said to you, like, they, they don't understand – how men and women can just be friends because like there's probably like attraction one way or the other or Mm -hmm. I think that like there's so many reasons why you wouldn't want to date somebody right that goes beyond just attraction there's things like like I mentioned shared values even things like living proximity or the specific circumstances of someone's life at a particular point Mm -hmm. in time there's so many reasons why pursuing romantic love with a certain member of the opposite sex might not be the thing to do right now, you know, and to just say, okay, well, if everything doesn't line up that I should pursue somebody romantically means I should just toss them out of my life. I think that there's absolutely a place for people in your life that don't fall into that very specific category of somebody that you're pursuing romantically. It also like brings up the point once you enter into a relationship or especially once you're married, like once you're committed into a relationship for the rest of your life, you can't make friends after that. You know what I mean? Like you're just forever locked into disregarding every single other member (laughs) of the opposite sex in anything but the absolute most casual interactions after with that. It just doesn't seem to me like a christ-centered way of living you know to not Mm -hmm. form relationships with people that are not romantic in nature right right and so like one of joe's best friends is a girl but she's also married to his other best friends (laughs) so that so this is actually like the situation with me my best friend brian he's married she's wonderful i she also understands that brian and i have a very deep bond she understands and recognizes the friendship that we have. She's okay with like saying like, you guys need to 
like you guys can go and do your own thing because we were friends for a long time before he got married and she's still I love that about her she's so wonderful like she is okay with just giving us that time Mm -hmm. and obviously there's like a gigantic level of trust involved in that right which like I would argue that level of trust is like essential to having a romantic relationship to begin with, right? Like in my opinion, if you can't look at your spouse and go, I trust you to never cheat on me Mm -hmm. and I don't have to be your police officer and I don't have to like be deciding who you can interact with and when you can interact with people, if that level of trust doesn't exist, then like I genuinely don't think you should be getting married in the first place because there's either trust issues on one end or there's legitimate concerns for somebody betraying you, right? right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like either way, whichever one of those is the case, I would seriously question you getting married if, if you don't feel like you can just completely put your faith in the other person like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Actually, Joe's a little bit jealous that he doesn't have a ring because then people will like, whereas once he does, then it's like, okay, people just automatically know that he's not on the market, but he talks about me enough wherever he's at. Like, oh yeah, my fiance. Oh yeah, Mora. And so people know that I exist. Right. Yeah. But he also has a really big fear of accidentally flirting. So he makes sure that he mentions me just to combat. (laughs) There you Um, go. Yeah. Something that you had brought up, Nick, earlier when you were talking about that, the philia, the fraternal kind of love. So have either of you ever watched the show, The Chosen? I have. Okay. Yes. So in that show, I've only seen the first season. I'm late to the the Chosen train, by the way. I only started watching it a couple months ago. (laughs) In that show, you have Mary Magdalene and it she is she is a lovely lady and it kind of shows how they heal her as possessed by demons and so far in the show because I know a lot of like people will say you know there was something going on for the exact same reason like there's no way that there wasn't anything romantic involved and in this show so far at least first season She's a beautiful woman. And the disciples, like Jesus' disciples are all like young men. Like they're all young, like in their, in their thirties or so it seems. And they treat her with such beautiful dignity. Like it's just friendship. And they have this common goal of like helping Jesus and following him and spreading his word. And it's like, it's a family very much. And the way that they have portrayed it so far has been really, really beautiful. Let me ask you guys a question because okay. you got you got me thinking a little bit. Okay. The attitude that men and women can't be friends, do you guys think you hear this more from men or from women typically? Like, do you think that there's a balance? Like, do you think that one sex tends to think that more than the other a little bit? I think it depends on the age and just how traditional they are. Okay. I have heard it from both. But I think that I've heard it more from people that are never talking to someone that they're not attracted to. Hmm. I would say maybe, maybe split. I think it depends on the person. I would actually say that I hear that more from more men, I believe, would say, oh, guys and girls can't just be friends. 
in my own personal experience, like, you know, talking with someone like, oh, there's no way there's not a, an intention there. You know, there's no Sometimes way. Like, there's n- okay, I think that there's, there should be a distinction between having an intent is not always there, even if you right. are interested. I agree with you, but I feel like more men would say, oh, there's no way there's not something else going on there. That's just my, that, that's my own personal experience. That's kind, that's kind of what I was getting at. Like, that's kind of like what my experience has been too, but I just kind of wanted to make sure that I wasn't crazy before I said <laughs> yeah, that. I, I, um, you were checking I, in with the members of the opposite check, sex. Checking in to see if, if you ladies felt the same way, I, but- I've had a lot of women tell me this about men. About what if they? That, like, yeah, that there's no way he's hanging out with you without being interested. Right. One of the things I just don't like about modern society, and this is possibly a different soapbox for me to go on, is just like this view of men as just like these like sexual carnivores, right? All yes. we think about all day is sex and like I want to meme woman. Sarah's facial expressions. <laughs> <laughs> and just like every wo- woman we ever meet, it's just like, are they sex potential or not? Right. Like it's just, and I just think it's one, I, I think that there's some truth to it in mm-hmm. modern society because I do feel like in a lot of different ways, men are very much conditioned to kind of view the world like that you know and like this is possibly a topic for another day but the prevalence of porn right and like all of these other things in the world that kind of train men from a very young age to like see women as just sort of sexual Mm -hmm. potential Mm -hmm. and I think that sort of extrapolates into this idea of well men and women can't be friends why because I can't conceive viewing of a woman as anything other than sexual potential. Therefore, this must be impossible. Mm -hmm. And I I think like that's just a, it's like a sad point of view of men. Because I think that it is true in too many ways, unfortunately, but I strongly don't think that that has to be the case. And I think that men have a responsibility just like women to like, be a decent person and to form genuine relationships with people and to not just look at people as someone that can potentially be used someday, you know? I guess what I'm saying is like, there's like, it's all interconnected, right? The glorification of sex that absolutely surrounds us and especially men extrapolate into this idea that men and women can't be friends because that's the only way I can think about women. It's just like a really, it's like a really sad thing. Mm-hmm. I just hate, I hate as a man, not just that that is the case for so many men, but also that because of that, there's this sort of stereotype that men are only ever capable of viewing women that way. And I just, I hate it as a guy because I feel like I'm being looked upon with suspicion just for trying to form a genuine bond with somebody. See, and I think like, that's my thing too, is I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that, yes, sometimes men can be conditioned just like, yeah, 
porn or just like, I think it starts at an early age. And then on the flip side of that, women, if they have a bad experience with a man who just wants to use them, that's what they automatically go to is like, why would a man be talking to me and want genuine friendship? Because I have like, that's, they don't do that in my experience of being used. And it ruins it for the men who are genuinely good and they just want friendship. And I don't like that. I hate, I, I hate it too. There's like, that's yeah, such a great perspective from the other side. <laughs> yeah, like, um, <laughs> and I think, you know, okay, this is like, this is one of my things is too, is like, I don't like it when like little kids, cause I, I think it starts at an early age. Sometimes I don't like it when little kids, like when, you know, one of my nanny girls talks about a boy that she's playing with on the playground. And like, I, I don't like it when grownups hear about those kind of friendships. They're like, Oh, is that your boyfriend? Do you have a crush on him? Like, why would you open that door? Because that introduces them to the fact that like, oh, the only reason this little boy might be playing with me is he has a crush on me and vice versa. Like it conditions them from that early age. Ugh. Yeah. 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 And I, I feel like Joe and I are, I don't know what kind of example we are, but back when we were friends, Joe really didn't have any ulterior motives. So you can like have a genuine friendship and then like God does call you to something more than that. But sometimes like you really are just like into each other as friends. I think yeah. that because I that's a, I, I feel like that he's a great reference point for like a friendship that I had that was really solid and wonderful. But that also did build into a romantic relationship because something I saw him as a friend was like oh hey I love how his brain works with words and now that's actually something that I find like in with Wordle one time he had me put the words in while we were traveling and so I he is actually like working it out loud like okay these words hmm, how many are there any words with like a at this point and then it was like working it through it and I was like you have such an attractive brain but that's something that really grew with time and but really like you guys have both seen like there was like areas of our friendship where before we began dating where it was just like yeah nothing there no no <laughs> he's yeah we're not anything and it was just like but you do need you can't have a romantic relationship that's going to be solid without having an actual friendship there i mean i think that it's good to be open to potential romance but not be like oh this if there's no romance here i'm i'm bolting yeah. S Silver Sire, you got me thinking a lot about the way we kind of even sexualize children in a lot of ways, right? Like, yeah. and, and just how much that contributes to this whole mentality where, you know what I mean? Like, it's like six year old boy and a six year old girl are like playing tag or whatever on the playground. Yeah it's really weird to extrapolate anything out they're more six. out of that than like they're having fun together right. and they're forming a bond together. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? But as a society, like we're telling kids like, oh, you're, you must like her. Like that must be like romantic attraction. And like, you have this six-year-old boy that's like, I, I think girls are disgusting. This right. one just <laughs> happens to be cool enough to like want to play tag with us, you know? <laughs> like it doesn't, it, like you, but you're you're putting these ideas in kids' heads so young that it's like, no, like you can't just have fun and play tag with this girl. It has to mean something more, yep. you know? Yep. And that's just like, man, like no wonder once they hit 
12 or whatever and their hormones are raging and puberty's doing all these weird things yeah. that, like they can't contextualize that you could have some girls in your life that might not make you feel that way but are still worth having in your life and forming a relationship with and mm -hmm. then there's also girls that make you feel that way and that are worth pursuing romantically mm -hmm. and that yep. those two things don't have to be mutually exclusive yep. right. with each other yeah like yeah like I don't know like it's a funny joke but it it yeah. does condition them to start thinking in that way like it right. helps them make that make that connection of like oh I shouldn't play with them if I don't and they can't like they can't process that they're too little they don't understand those kinds of feelings and that kind of attraction they're just kids who want to play and it doesn't yeah. like, you know like they just they can make friends let's let them have friendship and like <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna struggle with that down the road enough as it is let's just let them be yeah I could tell you when I was six or seven I had zero concept of what it meant to find a woman attractive or what <laughs> it meant my... to you know what what it meant to like romance like that that would have been like, why would I ever want that? You know what well, I mean? Like, once okay, you hit puberty, six, your hormones when teach I was you six, otherwise. I didn't have my first crush. I like the first. That was the first time I met a, like a boy that I was like, oh, he's cute. But there was only one boy. Actually, I think that I also found his older brother's cute. But mm -hmm. like, because I was like, oh, they're cute. But I also had plenty of guy friends on my street and stuff, like people that I was not like. Oh, but I did recognize the opposite sex as attractive, but I wasn't attracted to all of them. Mm. But I mean, then later in life, just because like, so my aunt, if I would mention a guy, she would say, is he cute? I'm like, what does this have? What does, how does this factor into my friendship? Like, oh yeah, this guy was there and he said this really funny thing. Cause I like to share funny things that people say, cause it brought me joy. So I want to share it. It's like, well, is he cute? Is he single? what what relevance does this have right now mm -hmm. and they're like well why would you bring him up if you don't like him i'm like because i talk about people i interact with sure <laughs> mm -hmm. and i'm also someone that even if i like i can recognize somebody's attractive and it doesn't that does not mean it does anything for me <laughs> where i'm like oh sometimes you're like yeah they're good looking maybe you should date them <laughs> You know what I'm thinking about now? Hmm. So I feel like there was a time where marriage was viewed as much more valuable than it is today, right? Yes. So mm -hmm. I feel like today there exists all kinds of relationships that tend towards the arrow side of things, yep. right? Like you have casual relationships, you have boyfriends and girlfriends that are living together or sleeping together is really what I mean right, but right. like uh just to just to make that clear but like there's all kinds of like different levels of romantic relationship where I feel like there was a time in society where it was like you were married or you weren't right like that yeah. that marital bond the fact that you went through this ceremony made it very clear where you stood with people right mm -hmm. this is my wife this is right. the person I sleep with because this is my wife, because we went through this ceremony and I committed my life to her. And everyone mm -hmm. knows this because the whole town was there. <laughs> and, <you know. laughs> so, but like now the boundaries are way less clear, right? 
the very notion of something like friends with benefits that didn't even exist back then. Right. But, but having something like that exist in the world really muddies those boundaries for people a lot Mm -hmm. where to the point where, you know, you can't just draw the, like, well, you, you should be able to, but I feel like you can't just draw the line between like, this is a female who is my friend and this is a female who I'm married to. Mm -hmm. There's like, there's like all these gradual in-betweens that people can be like, oh, well, is it just this or could it be this or could it be this or could it be this? And like, it Mm -hmm. makes it more confusing than I think it necessarily has to be, right? Like, when the option is just being married to someone or not being married to someone, that boundary becomes a lot more clear, like because of the social, the social boundaries, like made it easier to draw that type of distinction. Whereas now there's all these different gradations. And I I feel like it makes it more confusing for people. And it makes people think that things that aren't a certain thing may actually be one of those gradations in the middle, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I th- yeah. I think that this is also stemmed from men not asking women out and asking them to hang out. And the blurry line of like, what what's going what on? What are we? Yeah. <laughs> what does this mean? <laughs> Fair. Well, I mean, but then I think that... But then again, that goes back to the, that suspicion that like, oh, the only reason he like... If a man is asking me to spend time, like, why? Right, right. And the thing that, like, but I also know men that they're going to ask you on a date and they wanted to ask you on a date to find out what's going on, explore that, they're going to do it. So that's because, I mean, Joe and I, we did attempt to date before this time, but it was always very clear. He was like, the moments where he was thinking there might be something here, he'd be like, Maura, I would like to take you Mm -hmm. on a date. Like, he was always very think about it for a few days and then he'd be like, okay, I'm going to ask them out. I'm going to ask mm-hmm. her out. And then we'd be like, okay. And then we try and then it's like, okay, actually we're just better as friends. And then we would be friends. So I always knew like us hanging out anytime we were hanging out, it was not a day. It's when, if he's going to ask somebody out, he's going to do it. He's not someone that's just going to be like, oh, let's spill this out. And then we'll ask on a date. And there are different guys I know that are like that the, they'll straight up ask it for a date and if they want to hang out with the person they'll just be like hey let's hang out yeah i also feel like i don't know like i'm trying to think of like so okay so how do you do like if you're just someone who wants a genuine friendship with someone of the opposite sex and but you don't want to come across as like i don't want to give them the wrong impression but what do you do to try and like not make it awkward to be like, hey, Sarah, do you want to go out for dinner? It's not a date. I just like want to hang out with you. Like I want to like, you know, like, like without doing that awkward thing, you know, what do you do? How do you guys handle? Maybe this is a good like grounds to cover. I don't know. But like, so I think a way that I've done that before is I will be like, hey, let's meet up so we can discuss that person you just went out with. I don't know, giving some hints that it's not about romance for you two, but, or maybe you've already discussed like, yeah, like friendships are so great. Like we're really good friends and we can just go hang out. We could get dinner if we wanted to, it wouldn't be a thing. And then you can like, hey, let's go, let's go grab dinner tomorrow. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, Sarah, that's a really good that's a really good point. And like obviously, like if we're all gonna be on here advocating that yes, men and women can just be friends, that's a good thing. You should have these people in your life. This is a question we need to be able to solve, right? Yeah. Like, how do you how, I think how do you make that distinction clear? And I think because like the problem, at least when I think about it, is all of my close female friends, I think that there was just kind of a point where there was like this mutual acknowledgement between the two of us that like, this isn't a romantic thing. This is like purely a friendship. And like, we're good with that. I don't know exactly when I would draw that distinction. Like, okay, this is the very moment that that happened. But like, when you're talking about, you know, somebody that you just met recently, that's a whole different question. Yeah. Like, you have to. I think you have to invite them. Like you have to get together in a group. Yeah. And that's, that's true too. Like kind of group dynamics kind of point things in that direction, I suppose. But I think, and this is something that like, I'm talking to myself a lot here (laughs) because I could actually be way better at this is I think what you're getting at Sarah is that intentionality and communication is like the absolute key, right? Like both for pursuing relationships and for Mm -hmm. pursuing friendships, like Mm -hmm. being able to And like you said, like, it's a little, like, it's a weird thing to be like, oh yeah, like you want to go out, but like not as romantic, like just (laughs) just want to hang out. It's like, it's a weird thing to say and like trying to figure out exactly how to say that or or not, maybe not saying it explicitly, but like figuring out a way for both pursuing someone romantically and for pursuing someone in a more friendship way to make that distinction clearer and something mm-hmm. to like be more cognizant about like yeah. the way in which the things you're doing and what you're saying specifically mm-hmm. conveys your intentions basically. Right. And also like you've both mentioned, like and you just said, like, I feel like there's a point where like you hang out with somebody in a group for so long that it's just, clear that like if a romantic pursuit was gonna happen like it would have happened now and the fact that it hasn't means that we're both kind of on the same page about what we want this to be right and so that at that point asking a a friend to just chat or something the the distinction's already been made clear by that yeah interesting yeah it's weird to think about it's like it's a thing that you didn't really know is a thing until you start talking about it with other people (laughs) and you're like oh yeah yeah, this, the, yeah, and that's, that is the thing, right? Like in both romance and, and just friendship, like there's so much unspoken, right? Like yep. there's so much, you know what I mean? Like you might think the world of somebody and never actually express that to somebody, right. but mm-hmm. in how you present yourself to them and the things you say to them could convey that, right? Yeah. And, and I think even just figuring out things like romance and, and, friendships and stuff in a lot of ways especially friendships I feel like so much is conveyed through through just being friends you know like how often do you tell your friends you love them like it's 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 like weird I guess like it's I I'm not discouraging it no I'm just thinking what did I last say (laughs) yeah like Joe all the time and, and there's like the problem with the English word love, right? Is right. That, like it, yeah. a million different things. And like by saying I love you to somebody, it could mean like 
you know what I mean? Like there's so many different ways to interpret that that oh people just gosh. generally avoid <laughs> okay, saying. Okay, I will it. just say the night that Joe asked me out, before he asked me out, he said, Maura, when I say I love you, I mean it. When I say you're my best friend, I mean it. I'm being friend zoned so hard right now. This man is not asking me out. And then it led into like, I really like you and I want to be with you. And I was like, oh, once again, I don't yeah. know if you want to be with me. And I'm like, oh, you had no clue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that reminds me of um, back in the early podcasting days. There was one time when I did not have a car. And so I told Joe that I was going to Uber to his house. And he said, I can pick you up for free. And so for some people that could be seen as, oh, Joe treats Maureen pretty special. And it was kind of like, okay, where is this? But he was genuinely not thinking of me that way. And it was just like, yeah, I can get you, so I will. And then he took me, picked me up, and then he took me to my grandma's house at the end of the day. And it was very just pure friendship and pure charity on his part, like just pure filial love. And I'm sure Joe has other people in his life that he would happily do that for family. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, family, because he doesn't really talk to his friends. Sure. But he's a very, he's someone that's like, oh, hey, I need something. He'll be like, oh, yes, I'll do that. Right. Um, but then I ran right, So I guess you. what I'm saying is like, it speaks to more of who he is, right? Like, I guess yeah. what I'm saying is like, he wasn't doing, he wasn't trying to help you because of what you might be to him someday. Like you believe that it, it was just because of who Joe is, right? Like the kind of guy. Right, right. Well, I also I was like, so when you did that back then, he's like, yeah, I was not thinking of you that way at all. It was just, you needed an, I, I could get you if so I did. But Nick, I also ran that by you back when that was happening. And you said, oh yeah, I would totally think of a girl that I was interested in. But I also would do that for a friend. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I specifically have female friends who I've helped moved in, you know, over the years. It's, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just like, I consider it just part of loving your neighbor, right? Yeah. Like, it's just like part of that calling you have, right. to, especially for the people that are close. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's the thing, right? People go, oh, love your neighbor. We think of like, oh, I gave money to the beggar on the corner. It's like, yeah, that's great. Like, no, that's great. Like, that is an example yes. of that. Like, mm-hmm. let me be clear. Yeah. But also loving your neighbor is the people in your life that need things that don't benefit you in the long run, you Mm -hmm. still do things for them, right? Like your friend needs help moving in. It's not, I'm all like, that's the thing is like the world makes it so that everything you do must, like you must be expecting something in return, right? Mm -hmm. I'm only going to help move my friend in because, or or like at some point I'm going to have to move and I'll have someone to call now, or you know what I mean? Like, I feel like we live in a world and I mean, forever, it's always been like this. I don't want to pretend that like, this is just something for modern society, but the secular world treats every relationship as sort of like a give and take, right? Like I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Yep. And transaction. It's transactional. And like the living a truly Christian life calls us to go so far beyond that, that we're willing to give things with absolutely no sight of any return whatsoever. You know, right. I I'm going to butcher the quote because mm. I don't read the Bible because I'm Catholic, <laughs> but uh, you know, Jesus says, you know, a man asks you to walk a mile, walk two with him. 
if he asks you for his cloak, give him your staff and everything else as well, right? This is terrible, terrible, terrible example of Catholics here. I read the gospel but, every day, so I do know some of this. There you go. <laughs> but but like it's a whole different way of viewing the world that mm-hmm. I just feel like that's that's really the gap here, right? Like I think we've solved the problem is that like it's the gap between sort of a Christ-centered way of viewing the world and a secular way of viewing the world. And that's what fundamentally makes this misunderstanding in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. If you're living Christ-centered or at least trying to and other people are trying to live Christ-centered around you, then charity to everyone, to the people you're close to, to the, it, 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 it's just like, oh yeah, of course they're doing that. Why? Because Christ called us to do that period, bottom line. Like it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be this ulterior motive involved. Whereas if everybody is just viewing everything as sort of transactional, that really what everyone's after is just some type of benefit for themselves and every relationship they're in and every decision they make is just some even long-term way of getting something that they want, then of course things like men and women just being friends, it doesn't make sense in that worldview exactly. because you're you're not gonna get like you're not gonna get back sex. You know what I mean? Right. You're not gonna get back. Yeah, why like would a they do that, that thing? Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, like, interesting. All of these thoughts just kind of I know. happened as we were talking. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, do you have any other final thoughts on this? These are all good, good conversations. No, but I'm so glad we are finally doing this topic because I wasn't sure how much we would have to talk about. I thought it was really important to cover. I guess one of my final things, my final questions is like, okay, what can we do about this? Right? Like, what can we do? to make it so that we can live in a world where men and women feel comfortable being just friends with each other and that it's not immediately and looked at as suspicion. And trusting a partner with having friends. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like, that's actually an example of something that we can do about it, right? Is to, like, establish good, trusting, romantic relationships to allow this to exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also setting a good example for good friendship, you know? Ooh, yeah. Maybe this is like a good like grounds to cover. It's like, what can we do about this? What's yeah. something we can do? And it's like showing people that like, you know, going back to that espresso shot, like upholding their dignity and their rights and their responsibilities and like just being able to challenge people, no mm-hmm. strings attached, just do something nice and like, and then that's it. Because Ooh, that's perfect. Be the type of person who is just like that with everybody, right? Who just lives their lives in service to everybody. So so like that someone could look at you and someone of the opposite sex and just know that like the way that you're acting is just because that's the kind of person you are, right? And not just that like you're going out of your way to like impress them or whatever, you know? Yeah. And the other thing I was going to say, Silver Sire, too, you mentioned earlier is uh, being intentional in communication, right? Like, I know, obviously, like when you're meeting somebody and like trying to like figure things out with them, like that can be a little blurry at the beginning. But like as much as you can, as soon as you kind of can, like 
even like more implicitly, mm-hmm. just like try to communicate with people about what your intentions are yeah. and what kind of relationship you have with them. And, you know, and especially even like this goes the other way too. Like if you want to pursue someone romantically, like be more explicit about that, you know, yeah. if, yep. if you are more explicit about drawing lines in that direction, it helps the other direction as well, you know? Yep. Yeah. I was actually just going to bring that up. Yeah. On the flip side of that, if you are, if there is like romantic interest, like you, yeah. Expressing your intentions in a non weird or awkward way, but like, just be direct that way people know at least, you know, even if they don't return the, the affection or the attraction, like at least they know where you're at. Right. I think there's like the platonic relationship. I think we should be have like that grace of, it's allowed to be blurry at some point where you're like, okay, what is this before you get really that established of what it is? <laughs> sure, sure. But like just trying to make it so that that doesn't last forever, I think right. is what Silver Sarah is saying. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I think I just want to, um, I guess, put an addendum onto because it sounds like people are like, oh, but at some point, one of them will actually there's nothing wrong with that and right. there can still be that friendship so it's a temporary grace period of blurriness sure yeah but i think we all three of us agree that opposite sex friendships are definitely possible yes and it's, yes and good and good yes. and very good i mean like yeah. i can like specifically think of moments in my life where it's like I leaned on this woman so hard through like a time I was going through and it was never I know for a fact it was never anything more because this woman was in a relationship or she something whatever else it was never that line never felt blurred to me in my relationship with this person and yet Mm -hmm. I've leaned on them they've leaned on me we've had good discussions and I, I always think uh, I have a, I have a friend uh, from high school mm-hmm. who we don't agree on like almost anything, like in terms of <laughs> politics, in terms of worldview, in terms of just a lot of things, but we have both always been there for each other in like the difficult times of our lives. And we're both more than happy to engage in like really deep, difficult conversations, even when we're on completely opposite sides of the line. And it's allowed me to like grow so much in like hearing the other side of things and to like articulate, be better about like the way I articulate my own arguments and my own worldview and to, you know what I mean? Like just in general, having people with different perspectives as you is great because it allows you to understand your perspective so much more and it allows Mm -hmm. you to not just demonize or straw man the other side. But I think in a very real sense, like that person could be someone of the opposite sex, right? Like I could specifically point to this person and say, because of the conversations I've had with this person, I have grown as a person in my understanding of the world and my understanding of other people. And, you know, in the difficult times I've had, she's been amazing to like get me through them. And Mm -hmm. so much value I have gotten out of that friendship that I never would have in my life had I just simply written her off because she wasn't a romantic pursuit for me, Mm -hmm, you know? 
Yeah. And I, I just like, I guess like I look at relationships like that and I look at relationships with other women I've had too, and just go, you know, like those are so important to me. I would, I tell people, I would never give these friends up for the world. You know, right. if I was romantically with a woman who expected me to just give up all these friendships, sorry, like you're the new one here for now, you know, <laughs> like I haven't committed my life to you yet. So <laughs> these friendships mean a lot to me. Yeah, And, and right. I, I don't think I'd be the person today I am without them. And yep. That's why like, I just, I'm so passionate about this particular topic because I just know that my life would be radically different had I had the attitude that I couldn't be friends with women. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. God, God yeah. puts the people that we need in our lives for a reason, you know, like you could be missing out on, yeah, so much growth, just like, and just like a beautiful friendship, like someone that you can be able to share that kind of filial love that's like it's just like it's beautiful and like you could like to miss out on that kind of beauty just because someone's a boy or a girl like that would be sad you know and I think about you know that question like how do I talk to a man or how do I talk to a woman how do I approach them well they're a human with inherent dignity and they should be respected so go say hi well, and that's the thing, right? So, okay. Yeah, this is like another, I, I know we're trying to wrap up, but this is something <laughs> yeah. I had had written down. Uh, <laughs> I think that people who are unwilling to form good friendships with the opposite sex just have an impossibly difficult time relating to the opposite sex in general, right? Like, like if you don't have no worries people in your life that are of the opposite sex that you can just grow to understand and appreciate and to care about, then like even romantically pursuing the opposite sex is going to be even more difficult for you because you don't like, they're like, it's like pursuing a space alien, you know, it's like <laughs> they're, you don't understand how the opposite sex thinks and feels. And you know what I mean? Just having that perspective in your life, not like a, Oh, I just want to understand how women think so that I can bag me a woman one day, but like, I'm going to genuinely form these relationships now. And the knowledge that I've gained from this relationship will, will someday allow me to relate to my spouse better. That's invaluable. And it's just, yeah. Like, I feel like you don't want to miss out on that. Right. Yeah. I think it would be hard, you know, for people who have been hurt yeah, like men and women who have been hurt from the opposite sex, um, you know, just like wounded in the past, or maybe they, you know, like that's really difficult and it's hard to come back from that. But I think if we can be open to it and just like recognize like it doesn't have to be sexual, it doesn't have to be romantic, it can just be good and um, it can just be friendship yeah. and that's important too. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, <laughs> oh, awesome. This has been really this good. Has this been has awesome. been good. Yeah. <laughs> this has been a great discussion. Yeah. It's been yeah. Really awesome. <laughs> cool. Well, okay. well, thank you, Nixter, for coming on to the podcast again and talking about this with us. You always have some fantastic perspectives. So I really appreciate mm-hmm. that. I yeah. super appreciate you guys asking me to do this, of course. <laughs> and thank you, lovely listeners, for tuning in. And we appreciate you listening as well. We hope you guys have a great rest of your week. God bless. Yeah. God bless you. Goodbye.